that was me trying to point out that there's a lot of very successful ministries based on a style of preaching or gospel that makes you the hero. When in fact, we, depending on like, you know, you and I don't know each other besides this conversation. So we may completely disagree, but by making us humans, the hero that basically minimizes our view of a God that we believe created everything. Mm. And uh, you turn God into this genie or vending machine of which you put something in faith being prepared for your blessing and your return is getting that blessing, which is just such a weak, small view of a being that you think created all of time and all of humanity. Here we go. Here we go. Welcome back to the show. I'm Seth. This is the Can I Say This at Church podcast. It's been a while since I said that. And in case, I don't know, anybody doesn't know what you're listening to, which is weird. Um, yeah. Welcome to the show. It's another new episode. Very happy to have this one out. Now, I spoke with this guest like, gosh, I'm not even, I may, maybe. And because of the way that I release things in the summer, it's been a while. And so, Ben, if you're listening, probably not. Sorry it took so long. However, we're ready to rock and roll. Now, our social media landscape, right? Some people are way off in Facebook. Some people are off in Twitter. Some people are in Instagram. And there are other ones that I'm not on that I'm sure I didn't list, but that's okay. There is an account, though, on Instagram that kind of blew up over the last, you know, couple years and it's called preachers and sneakers now i really think that you should go and check it out because it will help give some context for what we're talking about here but the mind behind that passive aggressiveness is ben kirby and he ended up you know turning it into something that i find is beautiful It's, it's turned into a voice about the church has this money and we're spending it on this this is what we've decided is important to invest in instead of one another and instead of the communities that we live in. Yeah, I don't know how else to say that. So, I am excited to have this one out for you. It's another brand new episode with Ben Kirby of Preachers and Sneakers. Here we go. And if I learned anything at all, I learned about the hate mankind has beating in its heart. The things will fall apart. And when they do, very few have found reason with God. I know you never loved me. I also realize you never hated me either. But the numbness was worse because it started in your heart and it spread all the way to your fingers. The same fingers that were touching my face every evening. You swore that everything Ben Kirby. Yes, not not the other. We won't do for the yeah yeah we won't do the other. Uh, ben, welcome to the show. I'm I'm glad you're here. We finally did it. This has taken at least two and a half years to make happen, and so thank you. Yeah, welcome to the yeah, show. Yeah, I mean, man. I just I I begged and begged and begged, and you guys kept pushing me. <laughs> 
uh, away and it started to get real irritating, but finally I got through. So thanks for having me, Seth. This is, uh, finally I have reached the pinnacle. That is the, uh, can I say this at church podcast? So you know, for having me. Yeah. Yeah. It's a pantheon. And so, and so you're, you're here. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) Why not? And we've already set the tone at sarcasm level 17. Great tone. I don't know. I don't know what the level goes to, but sarcasm is my love language. Sarcasm and dad jokes. And so, yeah. Yeah. So here we go. Absolutely. Let's go. Um, So when people say, hey, what are you? Like, why are you? How do you? What's what's the answer to that? I've I've paid a lot of money for therapy to try to answer that mm. uh, very question. I am um, I am an author and a podcaster and a I guess my publisher wants me to say I'm a cultural commentator of some kind <laughs> by way of kind of luck and also ignorance uh, through this Instagram account I have called Preachers and Sneakers mm-hmm. and. Um, I, I didn't plan for this to be how my life was going to work out, but now I am, I'm the preachers and sneakers guy is how a lot of people know me <laughs> as, I guess, which could, uh, you know, I'm not exactly, I'm proud of it some days and not proud of it other days. Are there things that you're contractually by your publisher not allowed to say about yourself? Is that how this works? No, 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 no. I'll say whatever. <laughs> I'll hear from them, but, uh, you know. I mean, they're good people, you know, they're, they are. they're, yeah. Um, I have, by by way of the podcast, I've developed some really good relationships with a lot of publishers, um, mm-hmm. and like they're I, I love I it's I didn't know how that world. worked I didn't know how yeah. that whole world worked me either yeah and then yeah the well, the weird thing is when you get a galley copy of a book that has no page numbers, which then makes it hard for me to take notes and ask questions to the people they want me to ask questions to and I'm like I don't. It's, it's like right here. I think yeah, it was as, right like, there. as if people know what a galley copy is. Like, I didn't know what that was. I Googled like, it when I got one. Why do you keep saying galleys, bro? We're not on a ship. Yeah, I, I Googled it when I got one. And then I was like, yeah. oh. <laughs> what is this? It's a man. Okay, it's a manuscript. Why Why didn't you just, you could have just said man. You could have easily described manuscript. it yeah, without yeah. using jargon. Yeah, so I just want to set context for people not watching the video. Behind you is a plaque of the book that I think we're going to talk about. At least, that, what what is that? Like, that's uh, my publisher sent that to me. It was like a uh, a what's the day for when it like the birthday? Yeah, when it releases a uh-huh. release day gift, <laughs> and uh, you know, people that also see the video can see my amateur hour video setup going in and out of focus. But yeah, it's just the <laughs> cover, and it's like a plaque to say, "All right, we sure hope you sell some books." <laughs> uh, but yeah, I thought it was a nice gesture. Yeah. I read your book in one sitting, um, which isn't always the case. Uh, but yeah, my wife and I, we flew to Arizona a few weeks ago and she's like, what are you going to do? I was like, I'm going to bring a book because we can't talk on the plane anyway because it's freaking loud. Nothing yeah. pisses me off more than people yelling at each other on a plane, having a normal mm-hmm. conversation. So where are you from? Yeah. Where are you yeah. headed? Yeah. yeah. Though it was fun this time, there was a lady in front of me. She fit that whole thing into after we landed to taxi. So in that seven minutes, they worked an entire thing through. It was really fun to listen to, actually. It was impressive. Wow. She had some some good skills. So I read your book entirely in quick succession. So good. I want to set some context for people, though. What the heck is Preachers and Sneakers? Why does it matter? Uh, because I think outside of this, and even inside this small subculture of, of Instagram and, and Christianity, I don't know that everyone will be aware of what that is. Um, right. Though the Twitter, the, the, the follower count, uh, not the Twitter, the, the Instagram count would, would, would disagree with me. But as I've polled people, I'm talking to this person and they're like, I don't, I don't know what that yeah. is. So what is that? 
feels good for my pride for sure. Um, <laughs> but it, it's, it's, there's a lot of people on the internet, so it doesn't surprise me by any means. Uh, Preachers and Sneakers is a, started as an Instagram account. Now it's, I guess, a network of uh, social media accounts and a podcast that started with me reposting packs, uh, pictures of famous megachurch pastors and then putting the price tag of their clothing right next to that picture on Instagram. Mm-hmm. And just by doing that and writing a snarky, funny quip, mm-hmm. uh, I caused people to lose their minds uh, <laughs> and just basically implode because <laughs> for a long time, you know, people that were fans or at least aware of the kind of modern mega church pastor culture just assumed that there was a lot of guys out there trying to dress hip and dress relevant. But then when I said, Hey, did you know that these shoes are worth $1,200? People were frazzled and that, that tension caused the account to grow uh, pretty quickly. And so this is March of 2019 that I made a few posts and started, came up with the name, started the account. And within four weeks, I had a hundred thousand followers just doing that. And it, it, I didn't do ads. I didn't do hashtags or anything. I was just scrolling through Instagram, screenshotting some of these guys' pictures, <laughs> uh, using the layout app and putting a screenshot of the, the market price of the shoes and posting that. And it erupted for a while there. Like the, I got invited to, to go on the today show. At, at first because it was going so viral crazy <laughs> and I didn't because I had no idea what was going on and didn't, I had no grasp uh, on should what have. was happening. If you could I go back, have, well, would I mean, you? Yes. Are you kidding me? <laughs> uh, but I think at the time with the information that I had and how like uncertain all of it was, I think it was the wisest thing. It would have been yeah. kind of buying into the hype a bit and trying to just ride the publicity wave. Yeah. And that probably would have gone straight to my head and probably caused me to flame out earlier. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, wait, wait. You say earlier, are you flaming out now? Is that what you're saying? I mean, it's just inevitable, right? I guess. You build a brand and you give it to someone else, right? That's right. Yeah. Hopefully just give it away for free, right? For free. You, you yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah free. That's the goal. Yeah, definitely. So there's a couple quotes in your book that really struck me and I don't know why, but the one that I keep coming back to, I literally wrote it on the inside of the book is, and I want just, again, I like to set context here is, you write in here, once a Biebs pastor, always a Biebs pastor. I don't know where it is in the book, but it's it's in one. Of, it's definitely in the book. I, I'll have to. You'll have to Google the PDF. <laughs> but so. yeah, uh, no, there are some parts there where you make a good point, and then you start like cascading into sarcasm, and those are my favorite parts. And I, I want to say, once a Biebs pastor, always. I think you're probably talking about Carl Lentz, but probably it's okay. But there's a lot of them in there. <laughs> so the overarching narrative of the show. And not of the show of the of the I don't want to say the Instagram account because that's not really what it is. That just happens to be the vehicle, just like whatever the the download button is in the app that people are listening. To. Like that's that's not what the thing is. Um, is what you're going after a prosperity gospel, or is is it a waste of resources or something else? Yeah, uh, it's a little muddier than that because. So going back a bit, I'm not a theologian dude. I'm not super studied in terms of like how to do church right or Mm -hmm. how to govern congregations or anything. Like I'm this, my background is I was in the Marines and then I worked at a property management company. And then I was in business school getting my master's when this account blew up. Uh, And so I am a Christian, but am not, didn't go to seminary. I have no real, I didn't at the time, didn't have any real like agenda 
for being an activist for any of this kind of stuff. I just noticed a thing. I was into sneakers and it felt weird to me and uh, hundreds of thousands of other people felt weird about it too. But what it turned into was, and what basically led to the book was that it caused all these deeper questions and tensions and arguments about how we do modern church today. Mm -hmm. And it's just like way deeper than the sneakers. Not because I, I didn't make it deeper. There was people out there that had already been talking about this thing. And somehow I was able to make a thing that everyone was able to point to and say, yeah, this is, this is, this is what I've been, this is what has made me feel weird about church or what's pissed me off about yeah. uh, church, all that kind of stuff. And so the book is a, I talk about the prosperity gospel because the prosperity gospel is heinous to me. But then I also talk about a like motivation, self-help type feel good gospel. That's very prevalent right now that I question the efficacy of, but then I also try to get people that are reading to audit their own lives instead of just pointing their fingers at other dudes and how they do church. Like there's a lot here. The, the, the subject matter is pretty messy and kind of forces you to audit yourself. And, um, you know, it's not comfortable all the time, but it feels important. So I want to shift gears for just a quick second, because if not, it's going to escape me and I'll forget to do it. So it's been a while since I talked to somebody from Texas um, or at least in Texas. And so there, it, there was historically, there are two things that are always in the show. Um, one is for some reason, my dog's ears, um, they're, they're next to me now they'll flap okay. and I'll, I'll, I'll pan it way down and leave it in there. But sometimes people email it. Was it at minute 13? It was, we did it and move <laughs> it around. Uh, so that's the first thing. But the second is people from Texas being that I'm from Texas, it, it matters. And, and honestly, Ben, the, the answer is big enough that I just hit, I just hit stop recording. Um, something I don't, I don't actually, but I should. So if, is it Whataburger or, or in and out burger? Ooh, I am. Uh, I love both of those. That's, and I don't know. I don't know. If I, I mean, I'm being from Louisiana. I don't think I get to have a legitimate vote one way or the other. I appreciate both. Um, <laughs> but I guess if I had to default, I would say Whataburger. That's great. Whataburger has a few more options and they are delicious. Yeah. Yeah, it has nothing to do with the book, but it is something I try to work in when I talk That's to people right. because it, right. it matters Spicy to me. Spicy ketchup is a is a key option that uh, Whataburger provides that no one else does. Oh, so when we went to Arizona, going back, we drove past one. I didn't know that Whataburger was in Arizona, and my wife was like, "Do we really need to stop?" I was like, "We don't need to stop," and I didn't I didn't stop because I've been married long enough to know that 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 question was was Rhetorical. not a was not a question. <laughs> um, so. You write in your book quite a bit about church being church and businesses being businesses, and that when the two conflate, it's kind of a, it's kind of it, it derails into having. Uh, and I think honestly, I think the reason that as I scroll through the Instagram uh, post that that you put on there, and I, I started going way back in the timeline, you you gave people an avenue to point at something and go, "I've been trying to explain this," and there it is, right yep. there, like right. there it there it is. So it, it was, was hard for people to. Um, counter it because it the facts were yeah, facts. There it's it is. hard to argue against facts. <laughs> yeah, and that's what made people so. I had a lot of frustrated messages uh, toward me because uh, it got people so riled up that somebody would point out a thing about their pastor, even though they knew deep down that it was a true fact that the shoes were <laughs> worth a thousand dollars, and that's all I had said. Um, but yeah, it it was. Um, shocking to me because so many different groups of people found 
some value out of this thing that was born out of, you know, being naive in a lot of ways. Like I didn't know anything about East, like New York city and Los Angeles churches. Like I didn't know. I, in my first video I ever made before I even started the account, I called elevation worship an LA worship band when they're in Charlotte. Like I knew nothing. Uh, I knew about Texas. Yeah. LA vation. That's actually pretty catchy. You're welcome. Uh, I, you know, I I knew about Texas church world. I knew about Louisiana church Mm -hmm. world. Uh, but not about, you know, the the full extent of how church was being done across the country. So I was very naive. But it was interesting. Very quickly, I realized, like, oh, atheists uh, have something to say about this and have feel a type of way about this. But at the same time, these, like, fundamentalist Christians also think that what I'm doing is helpful or good, but for completely different reasons. And so I'm, like, sitting in the middle trying to say, Am I, is this good? Like, is what I'm doing good? Because, you know, people with completely different beliefs than I really like what I'm doing. And then on the opposite end, they also like what I'm really, really like what I'm doing. But then there's this other set of Christians that really hate what I'm doing. So it was, it was pretty tough to navigate. Yeah. On. Yeah. Is there... And again, you preface that you're not a theologian, you don't know how to run a church, but I'm still curious in your in your opinion on this. So what le- at what level do you think the church needs to pivot away from being a business? Um, and I say that as, you know, my career is helping businesses grow. I've been on stewardship council at my church, and the church is legitimately a business 5.9 days a week, and then you sleep, and then you have church, and then you go back to doing it. Like, do you see a way or have learned a way or can think of a way that church should possibly operate differently so that accounts like yours don't exist, but more importantly, that the just massive waste of wealth isn't a thing? Like how, what should that look like? Yeah. It's just like, it's such a huge deep seated thing. Like the, the metrics of success for churches today are a lot of times born uh, by increased attendance, which causes increased giving, which causes increased demand for all these different services and productions and um, staffs and real estate and all that kind of stuff. So like, it's a huge deep seated thing that I can't pretend to have like an overnight answer for, Mm -hmm. but I just wish churches would address it and like at least question, Hey, is this the best? Why, why do we have to continue growing this building or have to continue, you know, bringing in all these expensive guest speakers or putting on this huge conference that costs millions of dollars or this huge Christmas program that costs millions of dollars. Like if we're honest with ourselves, is it really to further the mission of what Jesus calls us to do? Or is it to grow our personal church brand or to just bring in new people to bring in new, new tithe dollars. But also like the reality is, churches run off of donations. And if donations are light, you got to figure out a way to keep the church going. Yeah. So it's, it's a very imperfect thing. But if you step back and look at a macro level, at least just, just in Texas, there's a whole lot of stuff we do at church and uh, go through to put on church that just doesn't seem to matter in the long term. And if you just redeployed all of that energy and money into things that objectively helped people in the short term, mm. or at least some, in the short term, yeah. I think we would be better to at least, and maybe they are like, maybe these churches are having meetings where they're saying, Hey, how can we get away from stuff that's is self-serving and is more s- serving to the community and to the mission of Jesus? Uh, but 
all we have to see from the outside is their Instagram accounts. Yeah. And the Instagram accounts make it seem like it's a freaking clown show uh, of which you can get pretty wealthy off that clown show. And so it just, it's just like, there's a lot there and I just wish they would address it. Say, Hey guys, we do have all these freaking, it's always easy to point to the smoke machines. Like the smoke machines probably aren't even that expensive, but like we do have all these smoke machines and uh, <laughs> we got a great deal from this production company pro bono, blah, blah, blah. But you know, like where does it stop? Like where, like spinning globes, can, oh, golden could, yeah, globes. You, that's where it stops. You could spend more. You can always spend more and more money on production and, I just want to get people to stop and say, stop just for a second and say, Hey, this seems like the ROI on this isn't exactly great. Like we're just doing this to have a great production for what to appease mm -hmm. the people that are going to come anyway. It's a very deep, complicated discussion. I've never run a church before, but as a layman, I'm also able to just say, Hey guys, it's pretty bold face right here. It looks like you guys are running your church as a for-profit business. What's the deal with that? <laughs> well, the Johnson amendment, um, you know, why not? Are you familiar with that? So it's either the Johnson Amendment or the Johnson Act. That is the rule that allows churches to continue to be for profit and claim to not have any political sway, power or, or influence. Oh, I need to look that up. I don't know why I haven't ever read that. Yeah. I looked into, you know, the 501c3 status, especially during the elections and stuff, mm -hmm. because it was so even just around here. I think it's called the Johnson were like Amendment. Getting on Fox News and saying, uh, Christians better vote for Trump. And I'm like, how do you, like, you should now uh, not be a 501c3 uh, yeah, but, if you're going to do that kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah, but that church downtown there, you know, that Baptist church downtown is is absolutely beautiful. I walk, I've walked past it before. It's beautiful. Not not naming <laughs> any names. Well. I've been blocked by enough mega church pastors on, on social media. I'd rather not. Actually, I Good. don't care. Um, so, um, <laughs> as have I, I mean, real talk as have I, yeah. I mean, if you're not blocked by Joel Osteen and Mark Driscoll and Jim Jeffries, are, I mean, are you even, that's, that's quite a stable. Are you even not, I mean, well, what's weird is you're not trying hard enough. If not, I wasn't even trying at all. Actually, there was one time for, 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 for I actually, so I only tweeted at Joel once he proved, he proof texted a verse and ripped it out of context and then made it prosperity. I responded with, I just thought I would bring the full context to your sentence the whole sentence reads this. How does that relate to the message? I listened to that as well. Next thing you know, I hadn't seen Joel in months and I'm like, oh, it's because I've been blocked. Um, and then as I looked through it, I like made it. I, I, so I have two accounts, one for the show and one for me and only one is really active. And so I could go see what happened on the other. I'm like, oh, what I do that too. one was getting traction. Apparently other people liked the question and, and block. <laughs> but it wasn't, it wasn't intended to be passive aggressive. Like it was legitimately Just, like... Just supposed to be aggressive. What are you doing, man? Yeah, <laughs> this is not right. and like it. That's what it's. It almost feels like I'm being gaslit sometimes because for that very reason, like there's so many people that claim to follow Jesus or claim to read their Bible or whatever that have that will basically gas up a tweet like that without even thinking for a second. It's like, hey, this doesn't. Based on what I've read, this doesn't sound anything like what I know about. Yeah. The faith that Story I does participate not in. Yeah. So it just makes me feel kind of crazy sometimes because people aren't even willing to question for a second. Like, Hey, is, is that actually what that verse was supposed to mean? Yeah. Can I get you to define a term that you've made a chapter just because my shoe game is, is Crocs and dress shoes. Like that's, that's it. If I get it's Brooks, it's, it's because, well, you know, if I get Brooks, it's because my feet hurt and I wear mm -hmm. one until they fall apart and then my wife buys me another pair. 
and I don't even think that I can flex in in Brooks. But you have a chapter called "Registered Flex Offenders," and like you paint this history in the middle of your book of like this subprime market of buying and selling of shoes. Like, what is a flex offender? And like around <laughs> sneakers and like, because literally I read this and I read parts of it. I'm like, this is insane. Like, I don't. <laughs> what is this? Somebody, I mean, I didn't. I stole the term. Some some uh, commenter much funnier than I came up with the term, and I'll, I have his name somewhere. Um, but I thought it was so funny mm. because this term flexing is basically posting on Instagram or in social media for people to think that you're impressive. Mm. And it's usually around having designer clothing or streetwear or whatever. It, you know, in streetwear culture, flexing is basically wearing hype type clothing that's very, very overpriced for mm. the, I guess, clout of being known that you can afford that kind of clothing. Yeah. Um, and so the market, there's another chapter about just like the whole sneaker market because a lot of people didn't realize this. Um, but it's basically like arbitrage. You know, there, there's such limited. Is that a word quantity. or a brand? Arbitrage is a is a word. It's okay. a business word. Basically, buying make, low and selling. It high. sounded fancy. I just wanted to make sure. Okay, I figured that, you knew it. As I, I figured bankers use that kind of terminology. <laughs> um, but you in the sneaker world, there's it's so hard to to buy some of these pairs for retail that um, it drives the resale price up. So people will, if you're lucky enough, somehow either by a bot or by standing in line overnight or whatever, getting a pair of these sneakers at retail price, they can immediately go on one of these resale sites and charge five X what they paid for it. And that in turn creates this kind of stock market of things. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that's what creates a lot of these shoes being worth more than 160 bucks. They like a a very limited pair of Yeezys or Jordans or whatever could easily go for a thousand bucks plus which is hard for people to comprehend sometimes, but it's the same. It's the same concept as like the real estate market or even the stock market. It's like the market determines what people are willing to buy and sell these shoes for. Yeah. Yeah. I want to give context to the thing. So I did not go to school to be a banker. I went to school. I I became a banker because Sally Mae does not care what your job is and wants that money. And then she'll be there accidentally got good at it. So I don't know what that word. I do know buy low, sell high. I did not know that Same it had thing. a word, but it sounded fancy, like 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 Gucci or see. You know. Like here would be a perfect example. I was trying to flex on you with my <laughs> business acumen. I'm I'm gonna try. I read this online. That's a weird flex, but okay. I don't know if that's yes, the right yes, context perfect, to use that. But it's, yeah, <laughs> but weird, that is a weird flex. <laughs> um, so I do want to talk about this because you're in. So I, the school that I went to is Liberty, and that is an overtly political school, quote unquote, Mm -hmm. I I think anyway, I've listened to gangster capitalism and even my eyes have been open to some of that stuff. I don't, I don't know if you've listened to that show. You might've heard that. I've heard heard the name. I haven't listened to it though. Oh, it's, I don't want to advertise another podcast, but people should pause (laughs) and go listen to it. So there's a quote in here. And then, so you pay, you you say in here talking about woke worshipers and politicking pastors. um, But there's a quote in here. You talk about that for a parishioner, like if you're my pastor, you know, I'm, you're my pastor, but to a politician, pastors are just tools. What do you mean by that? Uh, well, pastors are incredible influencers. I mean, you have control in a way over people's spiritual lives. And so why wouldn't they look to you for advice and insight on who to vote for politically? 
uh, it only makes sense that politicians would want to grab hold of the all the influencers that they can in every single context to get votes. Mm. I mean, religious people are very vocal and very powerful in in certain circles. And so uh, I wrote the chapter because, you know, we were living through it where candidates were using pastors basically as sounding boards or like campaign stops uh, where that turns church into something completely outside of what it was designed or it is designed to do. And there were plenty of Christians that were completely fine with it. And uh, I think there's, I would seek my pastor for advice, even including political advice. Like there's wisdom in seeking wise counsel for making decisions in life and who you should back when it's complicated, uh, especially with like the last two candidates we had. I, you know, I don't fault anybody for seeking advice, but using the uh, your platform that you built on on the premise that you're going to lead people spiritually and then turning that into a political platform, bro, mm. is a little gross to me. Mm. Like you can, you know, because it turned into not just like, hey, here's what Jesus is about. You need to vote in a way that would reflect Best conservative on, values, yeah. Right, <laughs> conservative values only. I saw you dancing um, around it. <laughs> uh, but no, no, no. I mean, it was very complicated for me. Like, mm. I, it was very difficult for me. But then there were these pastors who represent large churches on Fox News saying the Christian choice, I mean, I'm paraphrasing, the Christian choice is Trump. And mm. that is antithetical to the Bible mm. and to the life of Jesus. Jesus mm. never participated in any kind of partisan, from what I know, as a lay, lay person, never participated in any kind of partisan politicking, which completely different context in the world. Like, you know, there weren't Republicans and Democrats, but he was pointing people only to the one true God and not aligning these humans as uh, the more chosen of God than the other. Yeah. It, it just seemed gross to me, and I was trying to get that out in, in the chapter. This is awkward, right? I have to stop right now. We've got to try to do the things for capitalism's sake and continue to help produce the show. If you're not a fan of these ads, and I'm not really either, consider supporting the show on Patreon and you'll get a version that doesn't have this right here. Be right back. Even if I could, I won't control it. This is a closed door to no one opens. Let them blame it on a chemical imbalance. They just jealous because they feel it's growing stagnant. We ain't the ones descending into madness. We the ones that rose above the average. Why don't you come a little closer, love? Can I read you a bit of your book to you? I don't know. Are, if you, are you about to? Are you about to? Uh counter everything i just said no my own words no okay. no um <laughs> no you you also have a podcast correct i do yeah so you know how hard it is to always kind of know what a question you want to go to but or you but think about is, it and then they keep talking and then yeah. you forget it no no i definitely don't because i i dog ear my pages i, I be, i'm that guy that beats my books um nice. yeah i mean it feels really good that you actually read the book uh, know, plenty of people just read the one sheet and they're like all right so how do they no. announce stars so i i have except for very few exceptions. If I talk to someone about a book, I've read every word in the book, except for the back where you list all the sources, unless there's one specifically I'm like, 
that I want to read. Whatever that quote came from, wrapped mm-hmm. in this, I want that book, which is where half of my libraries come that's from. Like, that's like one of the harder things about writing a book is citing all that stuff correctly. Because like there's a whole... Grammarly format. does that for you though, right? That's how the internet works. You just plug it in I mean, and it I, tells you where it comes from. Right? I mean, I basically did Grammarly for the... Or I did... Um, uh, it's called like site machine or something. And I put it all in there. And of course the editor, the poor like editor intern had to go through, not she wasn't an intern, <laughs> but like the, the poor editor, hourly editor had to go through and like recorrect all the stuff. So like, I kind of felt bad about that. Anyways, they have a on. job because of that. So right. Exactly. That, yeah, like, that's, that's what they get paid to do. Right? Yeah, absolutely. So the now, there's a part in here in pursue your promised purpose, which I can't help but think about Rick Warren, but I don't know that that's who you were going after there, but it doesn't really matter because he doesn't mm-hmm. flex in this. He wears Hawaiian shirts on stage, so he is I've not. I've talked to him a couple times he, on Instagram. Uh, really? Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't. I don't I don't like the purpose-driven life, but that's for different reasons. But you, you paint a picture of a church service um, where, you know, the music starts out of nowhere. You're filling it. You're lifting your hands along with the other <laughs> anthropology models around you, which is hilarious. Uh, is anthropology even still a store? It is, yeah. Oh, not not here in Virginia. My wife has spent plenty there. <laughs> and then, so it rolls on around, and it says that these kinds of churches will probably stay away from pain, suffering, and sin, and focus more on your purpose, your blessing, and getting through your anxiety and your depression. The pastors will talk about dating and your finances, your friendships and your careers. You, 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 you. If they're smart, they'll juke away from gender roles, human depravity, sexual identity, and racism and stay away from why you actually need a savior. And Heisman, the fact that both pedophilia and lying to your spouse equally distance you from the love of God, and that only a faith in Jesus can guarantee an attorney with him. I just like the fact that you worked Heisman into there. That was a fantastic use of that. But I'd like you to kind of rip that apart a bit, because I honestly think that our churches teeter between those two dichotomies. You have the I'm just going to name Extreme, names. And I'm, two extremes. Yeah, I'm going to name them all. So you have the Bethels and the Hillsongs and the whatever. And then you have the 17 people in a Bible-believing church in the middle of nowhere, which I think could be fantastic. But they don't have any, they, you know what I mean? They don't have any, they don't have enough uh, what's the, resources to really do a lot outside of just barely get by. But I'd like you to kind of rip apart like that context there and then maybe give some some nuance to that. Yeah, uh, that was me trying to point out that there's a lot of very successful ministries based on a style of preaching or gospel that makes you the hero. When in fact, we, depending on, like, you know, you and I don't know each other besides this conversation, so we may completely disagree. But by making us humans the hero, that basically minimizes our view of a God that we believe created everything. Mm. And uh, you turn God into this genie or vending machine of which you put something in faith being prepared for your blessing and your return is getting that blessing, which is just such a weak, small view of a being that you think created all of time and all of humanity. And so to me, like on one, on one level, it feels disrespectful to me. If you're going to believe in something so big and radical as that, treat it seriously, not as a spiritual guru that is going to get you through whatever your short-term issues are. But then uh lost my train of thought. Take it seriously, but also I guess I was encouraging 
pastors and preachers to call their people to something because mm-hmm. oftentimes these sermons are good for being motivating and making you feel better in the short term. But if it never calls you to anything and never challenges you in a way that is like tangible, then what is that? Like, how does that serve anybody other than just getting people to come back the next weekend? And so I was trying to characterize, you know, it's, it's exaggerating it a bit because it's combining like the conferences and the weekly services into this kind of, uh, conglomeration of all those different elements, like the hype music, the hype speaker, all the beautiful people. Um, it can, it looks different for every, in, in all these different contexts, but there's a whole lot of churches out there that just stick with that, which can attract huge numbers. Yeah. But my point is that I question how that serves people in the long run. I mean, in eternity, like if you deal in eternal terms, how does that help anybody? If it's just like, Hey, God's for you and he's going to get you that job promotion, bro. Uh, it just seems like if you believe in an actual God, you should expect way more from a being of that size and scope. I would agree with most of that. You're right. We don't know each other well, though. I'll, I'll, I come out to Texas frequently. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll shoot you an Instagram message or something. Please do. Um, and we'll, we'll figure it out. I fly into Dallas, wherever that airport is in relation to you. That's where I fly into Okay. And then my brother used to come get, usually comes to get me. Um, so I do have a couple just really sarcastic questions just because I can't get them out of my head and it's going to frustrate me if I don't get them out. So most people do. If, yeah. if we brought back liturgical robes, would there be a preachers and sneakers account? <laughs> uh, I don't, no, I don't think so. Uh, yeah. But also people wouldn't go to those churches. <laughs> like that's, that's the, that's the rub. Like I get it. Like the, the, the reason we got away from that is because people were bored with that or like didn't feel inspired at all. So like I'm, I'm walking it back a bit where it's like, I'm self-aware enough to know that there was some utility in how church has progressed since the robes. Um, but also I think there's plenty of context where we've swung too far in the other direction Yeah, where maybe we need to tone it down. What is in your opinion, what is the, 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 best worst shoe that you can wear and in some jeans and preach and not make it onto the account like the, like just like just nikes like, the, like regular nikes that you buy at like kohl's or like what's the level like the most, the that most disqualifies expensive? you <laughs> uh you know people always try to trap me with this line question and i'll never answer it because that immediately makes me an a-hole if i say yeah 300 dollars shoes never are you, are you kidding me bro you could have given that, given that to the poor well, the thing but is, I will, I, you could literally make it up and make up a brand of a shoe, and I would not know. I know. But what I will say is the as close of a line that I can get to is the moment it becomes distracting, mm. you should reconsider it. Because the whole point is to point people to a loving God, not to yourself. Mm-hmm. And I, I recognize the irony that my name's on the front of a book. Like I, I get that, but also there's a very specific purpose yeah. for a church stage or church pulpit or whatever. Um, and so the moment anything gets distracting or takes the attention away from God and to the guy, I think that needs to be reconsidered. Yeah. Last sarcastic question, just because again, I'm, 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 I'm a jerk at this time of the night. Would a coat of many colors worn by a pastor make the account like something that fantastical? 
Uh, it's come pretty close. There's been a couple of guys that have worn some Versace pieces that uh, I'm had, talking like that Joseph coat though, like something yeah, just like, like the straight vertical yeah. lines, yeah, <laughs> like yeah, in, the, yeah. in the children's absolutely, Bibles. <laughs> yeah, like the like the king, of, like the what's the name, Prince of Egypt? Is that the name of the animated movie? Have you seen this movie? Mm-hmm. It's fan- mm-hmm. like that, that like where it's blinging on the sides, like it's rimmed in gold. Uh huh. Is that? Uh, no, it would have to. It would have to have a nice big brand name on it. <laughs> Just if it's if it's without a brand name, it's it might be uh, worth a pass. Yeah. Okay. So, so I yeah. So except for maybe Luke, no one else has played with my puns, and so I really appreciate that. Luke Norsworthy. He's I think he's down to like Austin or Abilene or San Antonio. Oh or yeah, I like uh, I did his podcast a few no, weeks ago. No idea. I I refuse to listen to any other religious podcasts except for it's, like the Bible a, Project. I, I I don't want to. It gets um, exhausting. Yeah, sure. most of mine are finance related, and then I I have one that he interviews in inanim- inanimate objects, and it is literally <laughs> it, <laughs> it is. It's a guilty pleasure. It That's should, peak quarantine content right there. Should like, not, I am so bored. It, I'm going to listen to this guy interview. So let me paint this picture for you. All right, Ben. So like I would tell you a month ahead of time, listen, I'm going to interview that Coke can there. You are a Coke can. Do what you want with it, but we need 20 minutes and I want to script it. So here's the questions that I'm going to ask you. And, and so you like become this Coke can and you walk me through, you know, I remember waking up and I, I was getting pressed on by this piece of metal i was there with my brothers you know and i felt light like i was bubbly i was energetic all inside and i'm literally making that up on the fly but it's he's interviewed like a lamppost and headphones and it really should not be entertaining but it is infectious anyway it doesn't matter but you stay away from christian podcasts or i'm terrified that i will steal their questions um okay and and lose whatever it is that's me if for fear of thinking someone else does it differently than me and somehow that's better if that makes any sense um maybe maybe i'm stupid maybe i should i don't know i don't know so a couple just deeper questions that i always like to end with um one of them plays on the name of the show so what in your opinion as a congregant of of a faith community do you feel like we need to be able to talk about in church without fear of reprobation so that maybe the church actually begins to become a much healthier and healing place i guess for lack of a better way to put it not necessarily what should the pastor be preaching i don't really care about that so much yeah, I think in a uh, a community that is run on donations, you should be able to see finite detail about where that money is being deployed. And in most churches, that is a very uncomfortable thing that will get, uh, and maybe it, like, I'm sure I haven't thought it all the way through. But there is a, this theme of wanting to be hush-hush about how the church spends money. And it turns into this like, wait, you don't, like you need to just give out of obedience hmm. and trust that God is going to use the money that you gave. And I'm like, I don't know, bro. Like you guys are spending a lot of money on stuff that doesn't matter. And uh, if I ask about it, I'm I'm the jerk for asking where the money that I donated is going to, bro. Um, because like it, it never stops at a certain point, like Driscoll making 700,000 a year. Nobody around was like, I don't know, dude, it's, this seems excessive. And like, it doesn't, I'm no authority to say who can and can't 
make, but I want to be able to at least ask. Like if I'm, if the church is operating off of money that we're all donating, I think we should have a little bit of transparency because they're not having to report any of that to anybody else. Yeah. Uh, and somebody recently tried to call me out on that saying, well, they actually have to. But then I, I literally looked on the IRS, IRS website and said, no, there's definitely an exemption specifically for churches that says you do not have to file anything. Uh, so th- like there's, there's a couple churches here that uh, do over a hundred million in donations a year. No reporting. Looking at you village church, looking at you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like no, no reporting. And you know, nobody that's donating to the church is able to like, sit, like they'll, they'll give you a report about high level, but you know, genuine, like there's no real way to know. I don't think if we're outsized paying the pastor a million while the peons are getting paid, you know, $9 an hour, it just, I would love to be able to just go in and say, how much is everybody making? And then they can say, well, how much are you making? And I'll say, I'm making $82,000 a year, bro. Like, let's not be weird about this. Um, that's one thing. And then, um, I want people to ask about, this is ironic, but I want people to start asking about how useful social media is Mm. in the context of church. Because once you know at least some of the data about how it causes anxiety and depression in others, uh, the fact that more churches aren't even addressing that and just saying, hey, check out our Instagram for all the info on this. You're basically saying, hey, alcoholics, come to our bar. You know, there it's that's extreme, but I, I don't know that it start. is. It's definitely a dopamine hit. I mean, the science is not necessarily clear, but it's pretty, it's right. pretty clear. So I want people to start asking harder questions about, you know, our use of social media in in a Christian context across the board, and also uh, asking big questions about the things we choose to do as a church, especially mega churches, like all these ancillary things. I want people to be in there asking like, Hey, does this align with what our end goal is? That is to point people to Jesus. And if it does not do that in some way or shape or fashion, we should really audit all of those activities. Mm. And they, a lot of things start with a good idea, but if you take a step back and they it looks just like a production, any other kind of huge entertainment thing. It's like, why, why, why? I mean, you can get better entertainment elsewhere. Like there's a specific purpose for this. So I yeah. guess I, I went on a ramble a bit, but no, I want to be able to ask all those questions. Yeah, no, that's great. And, and honestly, the social media question is one of the questions I was going to ask you and you already answered it. Cause I, I think you, I watch my kids have an addictive personality and I have one. Um, I, I do as well. Um, I don't like I don't have notifications turned on on my phone except for text messages and phone calls. So I hope there are days that I'll forget to check things. Yeah. And I think that's you probably fine. feel better. Um, I don't know if I feel better because I slightly feel guilty because some of the things I should have responded to um, mm. like 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 emails for, for setting things up like this where I'm like, hey, I'm sorry. I disconnected for a week. Is it too late to say sure? I don't I hope I don't know. We'll figure it yeah. out. You know, um, but also like life somehow goes on. <laughs> yeah. When you take a, a week break. Yeah. Um, so last question, 
And then you can plug all the places that people need to be plugging and the, the like things. Social media. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> Barnes & Noble, buy the book. Um, so when you try to wrap words around what you mean when you're trying to explain what God is, what is that? Wow. Uh, say, ask the question again. So when you try to describe or put words to what you mean when you say what God is or the divine or whatever word you want to use, like, what would you try to begin to say that? And I'm aware that it's a massive question and I give no one context for it because uh, I don't want to. Yeah. Uh, all right. I'm going to butcher this, but I'm going to do my best. I would say gun to my head with no time. <laughs> Golly. Uh, all and all knowing, all powerful being that uh, exists outside of time that created everything. Mm. and is the authority over every, I'm trying to think of like every concept of anything ever. <laughs> uh, that's what I would say. No, it's fine. Nobody butchers it because they're always real answers. That's why I don't give you ahead of time notice. Um, that's like probably the hardest question I've ever been asked on any of these podcasts. And I've done this two or three times a day for two months straight. I'm going to, I'm going to ask you to send me one of those preachers and sneakers plaques. I'll put it, I'll put it behind me. Here. Um, <laughs> yeah. No, I so, stumped the preachers. And sneakers uh, no, guy. it's not about that. So I, um, so here, just a little bit of context. I have no idea if I'll leave this in or not. Um, so like last year, the, the end of the year episode, I literally mixed like 50 of those answers together with no context. I, I deleted the names. I let my kids pick numbers. I gave every one of them numbers and I threw them in, in whatever order they gave me the numbers. And then I thought it would be like 20 minutes long. Ended up being like an hour and 15 minutes long, which is also insane. I did not. Just those clips. Just that answer. So wow. I, I don't, which is not what I was expecting because it doesn't feel like that long. Um, but I got more feedback from that episode being like, this was like church today. Like hearing people describe what God is in a way that they are described. Like, and it, like I'm getting, like it legitimately was moving and very, very powerful. Um, That's awesome. And, and I've learned a lot about the character of God from hearing what other people are trying to describe outside of the, because it's all metaphor anyway, Ben. Like it's, <laughs> it's all, like it's the best that, like what we're talking about a God that, is expanding faster than an expanding universe. It is expanding faster than the speed of light. And somehow that makes sense. It hurt. Yeah. It hurts to <laughs> try to think about. So, um, yeah. But I, I've begun to just like, I love the question, but like I've had, that's an interesting, like that could be a whole project and maybe people have done things similar. Maybe that's how you were inspired, but that, that seems like that remember. is still untapped. Yeah. Like the fact that you got that kind of response for that, it seems like you maybe should lean into that a little more. Uh, yeah, but I, I run two banks. Like I don't, I don't have any time for that. <laughs> um, I've had people tell me similar things and I'm like, I don't know when I'll do that. Right. Don't you love getting good ideas from people that aren't going to help you do that <sighs> good idea? Yeah. I, I, you could do it. Um, yeah. Thanks. Yeah. You're, you're going <laughs> to no, do great. I, yeah. I totally have time for that as yeah. well. Uh, I don't know exactly where it came from. Um, I want to say maybe one of my kids asked me the question and it was really hard to adequately express. And so I just kept going. I, I can't swear to that, but my kids are that age where it's, it's been there. They're so, asking why about everything. Yeah. Uh, which is great. Um, 
Also weird when they come home from school and they're like, but they said that you can't be a Christian unless you're baptized. And I'm like, well, then they haven't read the Bible because pretty much everywhere <laughs> Paul went, he's like, I see you in the spirit, but you haven't, let's get you in the water. There we go. Now we're good, but I see the work you're doing. That was definitely the Holy Spirit and you're doing good work. So what do we do with that? And so, but, so tell your teacher that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, I, what I ended up telling her is some people believe that and that's okay. And it does not matter. So there's no time spending arguing about it. So just let that's it go. That's a good skill. To, just to, let it go, my dear. It's totally like There's fine. certain things that you don't have to die on. There's not, you don't have to die on all the hills. Yeah. 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 Just the Waterburger Hill. Um, that's right. That's so right. Where should people go to, to definitely, you know, do the book thing, whatever, whatever, what should they be doing? Uh, they should be getting off social media and, uh, buying my book. They, you know, preachers and sneakers.com is, they don't want me to promote one retailer over the other, even though there is one retailer that everyone buys books from. Mm -hmm. But so I will say preachers and sneakers.com is where all the links for the book are. Um, and if, if people read the book and get something out of it, that's enough for me. Like the Mm -hmm. social media thing I think is on its way out for me just because like it, it never stops mm. and it's a mental health minefield. I get that. Um, where I am great. I'm grateful for the platform and the opportunity to write a book. Like it's not lost on me. I'm not ungrateful for that, but I'm just saying in reality, I'm learning that social media is not great for me all the time. Mm. And I'm generally a happier person if I, at least set boundaries with it. Mm. So I'm not going to force anybody to go to my social media, but I am there and it's very easy to find me. I mean, if you type in preachers and sneakers, but if you get the book, I that's, I'm most proud of that because it's the majority of my thoughts in a way that my brain thinks. And, you know, you read it in a single sitting. It's, it's pretty approachable, I think. Um, and not, It'll make you hopefully wrestle with some things, but it won't, it's not preachy. I don't think in most places. Yeah, it's, it's, it's not. So I want to also paint a bit there. So the questions that I always try to ask are very surface level and we can repart as much like some of my favorite stories in there, which I'll let people buy the book to read those. Like there's a story of your dad and like a Harley with the pastor. Like that was like, I stopped, put the book down on the plane. It was like, I've seen that happen, you know, growing up in West. Like there are all these stories mixed in there that I did not talk about because people should should read it for themselves but i genuinely enjoy the book i i read a lot of books but i don't enjoy them all um sure yeah i, I genuinely enjoy it i laugh Thank my you. wife's looking at me laughing like what are you laughing about and i'm like she's like so it's basically a, a dad joke i'm like Kind of. <laughs> I am a new dad. Kind so of. I, I take that as a compliment. <laughs> no, thank you though. That that does mean a lot to me because this is my first attempt at writing something meaningful and to hear that anybody got anything out of it is an honor to me. Yeah. Because it it's there's no reason this should have been a thing, but to be able to turn the sneakers thing into getting people to question deeper stuff mm-hmm. means means something to me. Yeah. So go to the website and only wear flip flops to church and and we're ready to roll. Sell everything you have and give it to the poor and don't post about it on Instagram. I feel like, I feel like there's a Bible verse about about, about that. (laughs) But just don't ask me to do that. (laughs) (laughs) There's America right there. That's right. That's right. There it is. All right, man. I appreciate your time tonight so much. So thanks. Seth. Great to meet you. No problem. You too. Man, I really loved having Ben on. This was fun. Very much so. 
I want to thank the patrons of the show for producing the show. Without them, there is no show. And I am extremely grateful for each and every single one of you. And if you want to join them and you can contribute to the show, feel free. You'll find links in the show notes. There are other ways, though, to support the show that have no dollar bills attached to them. And that's just share the show. Like, literally tell someone about the show. Maybe send them an episode. uh, Put it on social media. Tell your family. And if they get mad about the episode, just send them to me. You don't have to answer for that. That's on me. So, no, I kid a bit, but maybe a little. But mostly I kid. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being here each week. I'm excited to get back into the swing of things. I do have some amazing conversations upcoming, and I think that you're going to get a kick out of them. Some of them I've been sitting on for weeks. Some of them I've been sitting on for months. But I am really excited to release them. And so, yeah, it's going to be a fantastic autumn heading into fall, beginning winter. I'm really looking forward to this next season of the show. And so do the things that you need to do. And I really pray that you're blessed. We'll talk soon. For the final sum of a grand design above us, meant to follow divine instructions. To consider this final verse to be my Maya Copa. I heard the advice from others that to ask the question why it's subversive. But if my body's the temple, why is my mind always undermine the structure and desire destruction? Cause when you realize that thin line between truth and lies is fine and subtle, it gets hard to find a substance. And you look foolish when you try to touch it. But I'd rather die for something than live a life of nothing but Bible thumping. Cause when my time is up, it's the Lamb's book of life that judges if I despise the loving. Instead of living covered in our filth We should think of something other than ourselves And it starts by coming to the well